Welcome to this week's version of Fight Facts with Philly Joe, Joe Sanliquito, a features writer and writer-at-large for Ring Magazine and RingTV.com. And as always, I have the great pleasure of being joined by Brooklyn Mike, Michael Woods. How are you doing there, PJ? If you didn't know, PJ is uh, the shortened version of Philly Joe. <laughs> I've now, I'm now so fond of you that I've shortened it up to PJ. Okay. <laughs> That's pathetic and weird, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not really. I associate PJ with Patrick, but yeah. PJ, yeah. <laughs> no. All right, Philly Joe. How you doing, pal? Good, good. Uh, good. I, a great week of, uh, great weekend of fights. Uh, uh, very interesting Saturday from from uh, beginning to end, and uh, obviously it, it all began with uh, with Friday with uh, Beltran's victory over uh, Paulus Moses. Uh, I just found it very interesting that Beltran, I I had winning the fight, but if you looked at the two not seeing the fight, <laughs> you might think Moses has won, had won, considering the yeah. condition of Beltran's face after that. Yeah. There, and, there, and as you know, having done many decades of coverage, the reason we don't do this, and this is something that comes up on social media periodically, the reason that we don't do this is because we can't punish someone for having you know, different pigmentation or maybe they're a little bit older and uh, they're more prone to cuts. We, we can't punish them for having uh, skin that cuts more easily. So while it is a temptation to say, well, whose face would you rather have after the fight? Uh, we do have to score uh, using other methodology, and the methodology that mostly we use is who threw more punches, uh, the better punches, the better quality punches, and uh, Beltran won the volume war, and he threw uh, probably, I think, uh, statistically something like 40 or 50 more power punches. So, mm -hmm. hey, I guess what? Uh, I confess, I'm happy for the guy. He's 36 years old. Yeah. And Joe, did you see on Instagram... Did you see the picture of him? Someone snapped him in his bed asleep, clutching his world title belt. He was sleeping with his belt. It was, ah. it was <laughs> that was cute, man. That was cute. Thirty-six years old, good for him. Okay. Well, it looks as if uh, Beltran, and hopefully he can recoup and uh, get himself uh, together and heal quickly uh, to. Uh, Fight uh, Vasily Lomachenko, May 12th in New York, uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, I know they were looking at uh, Jorge Linares for that fight. Uh, that's still, from what I understand, not out of the realm of possibility, even though it looks as if the uh, greater chance now is going to be for Beltran uh, fighting uh, for uh, in, in defense of the WBO lightweight title. Uh, against uh, Vasily Lomachenko at, at the Garden uh, May 12th. Uh, I know Linares wants to fight. I know Linares, uh, one of Linares' co-promoters, Mr. Honda, he wants to fight. But uh, obviously, as we know, we both know in boxing, uh, HBO, uh, a very honest, uh, you know, we both know a very powerful entity in the sport, will most likely, well, will, will show the Triple G uh uh, Canelo replay. Uh, probably wrap that around the Golden Boy fight, so I can understand Golden Boy's thinking with that. I can understand it. Uh, I'm not going to say I necessarily agree with it, uh, but uh, I do understand yeah, well where they're phrased, coming Joe. from. That's well phrased, Philly Joe. That's, yeah. that's that's not Philly style, man. That's um, 
Diplomatic I'm a style. style, man. Very <laughs> political, Joe. You should run for something. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, guess what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of lightly jabbing at you, but I should be lightly jabbing at myself because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of understand business in this situation. You know, HBO has been featuring Linares for a number of fights now, right? He's kind of one of their guys. He's yeah. not signed exclusively to them that I know of, but he's an HBO fighter. He's a, a Golden Boy fighter. And then suddenly they want to put him over on ESPN after they've been, you know, shining the spotlight on him. I can understand why they don't want to do that. Um, I can understand Lenar's wanting the fight. And from me outside looking in, uh, if I'm Golden Boy, I say, what the hell? Uh, let's make some money with Lenar's over here and let's have Saddam Ali fighting over here and, mm-hmm. and just have Golden Boy all over the place everywhere. So I, I don't, I don't. I, I don't pretend to know exactly what went down there. Usually there's their story and then there's the other guy's story and, and the answer lies somewhere in the middle. But maybe it is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, I know that both uh, Lomachenko and Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Beltran are both under the top-rank umbrella, and mm-hmm. oftentimes uh, that makes sense for one promoter to have uh, both his people under the same umbrella and mm-hmm. fighting in the same price right ring so that makes sense from from their perspective too um is it i think hard work for lomachenko mr beltran i I don't think it's hard work i I don't think going to 135 and and fighting the tough mexican is going to be that hard for him i think more people were looking forward to lenara's uh the more skilled sweet scientist see what he could do um so they're going to have to wait on that or maybe it'll occur in nevuary but I, Joseph, I'm a little bit like you. I kind of understand, don't necessarily agree with it happily, but kind of understand from a business perspective why it isn't getting made. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Uh, talking yeah. to Aram, talking to Bob Aram personally, and I, 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 yeah. I, this is, I, I, tend to, I tend to agree with Aram in the sense that, hey, we threw Lanara's an offer, which uh, I was told was, I, I believe, the best he's ever been offered for a fight. Uh, which is a lot to it's it's a lot to say no to, a lot to turn. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it's. I don't know the specifics in terms of the money, but understand it was a, a seven figure sum is a nice chunk of change, and yeah. uh, incredible chunk of change. And uh, again, Mr. Honda, who represents him, uh, and it came back through a number of different people that told me that you know Honda wants this fight as well. Um, yeah, we're going to see a fight. We're going to see Lomachenko fight somebody on May twelfth in New York. The leaning, obviously, is towards Ray Beltran, uh, which is still, again, uh, you know, uh, he has what? We have February, March, April, kind of going. He has he's about two, two and a half months to recover from the Nixon cuts that uh, he suffered. I believe it was, a, uh, if I recall correctly, it was a pretty pretty big cut he suffered over his yeah, white eye yeah. in the third or fourth round. Uh, I, I, I thought Moses did... Um, it was competitive at times, but uh, Beltran was certainly the, the far superior fighter. So, uh, you know, you turn the page on that, and it, it was good to see. It was it was interesting uh, at times, uh, but obviously the better fighter won. The better fighter deserved to win, and, and things came out for him. And, and hopefully it's going to mean something, uh, a payday. I mean, he will, we both know, Beltran will turn around and, and try to push Lomachenko. But again, I also got a feeling... He is going to be spinning around like a top, like Lomachenko has that habit of doing with, with people. And uh, I, I see it as, as, as something pretty easy for Lomachenko, as obviously probably you do too. 
Yes, sir. I don't want to. I, I don't like to kind of demean use the term easy work because um, it's, it may look easy, uh, but this is the prize fighting uh, business, not a game. And so while it may look easy uh, on the outside looking in, it won't be, uh, but it will not be the hardest that Lomachenko has ever had to work. But who knows? Maybe we're in for surprise. Stranger things have happened in this life. Yeah. Now, uh, there was also a very uh, interesting uh, fight that had taken place uh, at t- uh, between uh, George Groves and Chris Eubank in England as part of the uh, World Boxing Super Series, which, again, I understand has been putting on incredible fights. It's a shame that <laughs> a lot of people can't see it on uh, no. mainstream TV in the United States, but uh, George Groves wins by unanimous decision. It's it's something there that's been... Uh, Coming uh, for some time, uh, Groves retains a, a super middleweight title uh, over over Eubank. And um, uh, I, again, I didn't see this fight, so I don't know. I do know the score of it. Uh, I read some accounts of the fight, and I believe now um, Groves will face the winner of um, Jorgen Brommer. And Callum Smith, I did get that correct. I, I do believe, and uh, hopefully, I do believe so. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's something that's coming down the line. Uh, Brooklyn, Mike, did you get a chance to see any of this fight, or basically you're in the same yeah, boat as I did? My, where you my takeaways, Philly Joe, on that one, or the fight wasn't one of the barn burners like we had in the last couple of cruiserweight WBSs. Uh, there was a lot, a whole lot of missing going on, mm-hmm. and I chalk a lot of that up to Chris Eubank Jr. Man. He talks a much better game than he actually fights, uh, at least on this occasion. He was sloppy as shit, Joe. Okay. I mean, he really loads up excessively on shots. I don't know what he needs as far as retraining, training from the start. He loads up excessively as if trying to compensate for maybe the fact he shouldn't be at 168, maybe he should be at 160. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks sloppy as heck because he was loading up and man groves even if he was sitting 20 rows back could have seen what was coming mm-hmm. so there was a lot of missing in the fight george groves deserves credit for staying the course his left shoulder popped out in round 12 mm. he fought a couple minutes mm. uh one arm and just using his right hand was able to fend off eubank jr uh, but this eubank the family doesn't engender a whole lot of love dad is kind of seen as an arrogant guy who uh, is a big mouth, and the son sometimes follows up. Uh, you know, you've seen the video of yeah. him, like, you know, uh, on Instagram or whatever, showing how fast his hands are, hitting something that doesn't hit back, like, 90 times in six seconds or something, and it's just like, okay, whatever, guy. Yeah. You know, no no offense, but let's see some highlights of you actually fighting the person and seeing how those this work there. So, um, he, Eubank is one of those guys that a lot of people tune in to see him lose. And uh, so those people were happy yeah. on uh, on Saturday, my friend. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like he he deserved to be placed where he was put where he was placed. That's 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 fine by me. Um, yeah, and, and then we turn over here into Saturday. Um, three, I'm not going to say entertaining, but I'm going to say semi competitive fights uh, that took place on Showtime. Uh, between uh, your Dennis Ugas and my Philly guy, Ray Robinson. 
Uh, and then we had that. You wrote such a nice story, Billy Joe. Yeah, yeah, he's such been a nice story. I wanted that guy to win. He was in a homeless shelter, living with his mom for four years. His dad threw him down the stairs when he was a baby. I yeah. wanted him to win, Joe. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. Um, uh, Ugas, uh, granted, Ugas is he's, he's 31, and neither of these guys, uh, these these, one of the two of them, hey. I know it was a, uh, they called it a welterweight title eliminator, but in a sense, this was to me, uh, losers relegated to that, uh, to that gatekeeper status to, uh, you know what, you got to build yourself back up again through the, uh, through the club circuit. And it seems as if Ray, uh, Ray Robinson uh, may need to get himself together. Uh, whereas, uh, your Dennis Ugas, uh, it's a nice win for him, but to me, though, it didn't exactly, Brooklyn Mike, rock my boat to a point where, for example, Ugas is calling out uh, Errol Spence Jr. I, I don't want to see that, and I have no interest in seeing that. You don't. Okay. So, I, I just... Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I did reach out to Ray Robinson afterwards, because I kind of um, kind of fell for him. Yeah. He's got a nice personality. He is. Like good. you, I got yeah, he is. Very, very good. I got my sleep with that kind of stuff, so... Very good I reached guy. reached out to him afterwards, and I yeah. said, you know what, props to you for... Uh, uh, showing such dignity and defeat, and he posts a nice picture of himself on Instagram, wearing a suit, and a nice smile afterwards. And I look up to that kind of stuff. So I said, "Hey, man, props to you for that." Yeah. I said, "Well, what would you have done differently?" He said, "Well, I would have had a longer training camp for one thing. I only trained for four weeks, and also I should have had a tune-up fight before. I shouldn't be off for so long and then go into such a such a high-profile fight against a, a really good guy." So both those things I would have done differently. Uh, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to come back hopefully better. And I did try to get a takeaway, Billy Joe. I said, so Uga, if he it does get that slot against Errol Spence, what happens there? Is that a fight that's winnable for him? He says, I don't know. I, I got to say, I, I'm not certain. Ray Robinson said, Styles makes fights. Styles makes fights. So it, it's possible that he didn't want to be like, uh, sound like, uh, you know, a sour grapes kind of guy and say he got no chance against Errol Spence. Uh, or he really just does believe that Styles make fights and, uh, and, and Spence is going to do with him which he, what he does to most other people, which is uh, kind of kick his tail. And maybe he was just too uh, polite to say it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there is a screaming outcry saying, oh, Ordenius Hugos is the person that we need to see in against Errol Spence next. And we like when that happens, you know, when there is a guy who's kind of a beastly status like a Spence, we want someone to come out of nowhere and be like, oh, shit, I, I want to see that dude. That, that's the guy who was not familiar with. Um, he, he is stepping to the fore, and he has a chance against Spence. Because let's face it, um, there aren't that many people who are uh, thrusting their hands to the ceiling and saying, yeah, 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 I want some of that. You mm -hmm. saw Sean Porter running around uh, having contra temps with Keith Thurman and then Danny Garcia after his win on Saturday night. Uh, and a lot of people, such as me, pointed out on social media, on Twitter, well, you don't see him screaming and going and looking for uh, Errol Spence to have a beef with. So Errol Spence is still a beast, still Godzilla, and I don't know that Ugas is going to be the one to, to uh, be King Kong and take him down. Uh, what about that Danny Garcia fight? I, I thought that was a nice win. I thought that it was, he topped it with that knockout, which is giving people that pound of flesh. Well, what did you think about that Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios fight? I thought he looked good. He was supposed to look good. He did look good against someone he was supposed to look good against. <laughs> right. Uh, everything as we knew going into that, uh, quite frankly, was tailor-made for, for Danny. 
Uh, I got a chance to cover that for both Ring, uh, Danny's press conference leading up to the fight for both Ring and for PBC. Uh, covered the fight off of uh, TV for PBC. And the Danny Garcia that I got a chance to, to talk to, and we, we had this discussion last week on our last uh, Fight Facts, is a return to that Danny again. Uh, the Garcia that, that loved the fight. Uh, Danny always put the time in, he always put the commitment in, but I think that joy has come back again, and it was important for him to obviously, one, not only win, but two, win the way he won. The only misgivings I had about that fight was he's not going to be able to learn around and take that time off leaning against the ropes off of, obviously, your Keith Thurmans, your Sean Porters, or obviously your Earl Spence Juniors. That's just not going to happen. And I don't think that, that, that I don't know, I don't think it should happen uh, if Danny gets the opportunity to turn around and get in the ring with those guys. I don't think... There's much of a difference between Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman or Spence or Porter. As a matter of fact, I'll say this. I think Danny Garcia could beat Sean Porter. How about that? I don't know if he could beat Thurman. I, I think it would be a far more competitive fight than their first fight because simply for the fact that, I mean, he, he came out and admitted it to me, and we had this discussion yes. before, is that he didn't, he didn't start fighting to the fifth or sixth round of that fight. So right. you, you had that going on. And then um, the other thing, too, is I think, again, he had to rekindle his, his zeal, his, his love for the game again, and, and, and he did. Again, like I said, I think that was uh, very important. Let me to ask you that, something yeah. on that rekindling of his zeal. Because um, people bust on Danny for not fighting all that often. I mean, it's not as if he was fighting like five times a year. Like, what, what was what was bogging him down? What was he... I think it was the combination of a lot of. I think it was the combination of a lot of things. I think, um, and we had this discussion before, and we had this discussion before on the air. Um, right. I, I think he lost track of himself a little bit. I mean, the Danny that I knew was someone I can call on a moment's notice and says, "Hey, what's up?" And we would just BS for a little bit here and there, and then suddenly you're going through the layers, and that happens with stardom. That happens with anybody that is in the position that Danny's in as he rises a little bit. And he always always gave me access, always gave, uh, you know, the great Bernard Fernandez, uh, my buddy here, access to, to Danny when he was, he was up for a fight and fighting locally. Um, but, but I sense, though, a, a change to the point where, you know, suddenly now you start to see him in celebrity basketball games, this and that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But the Danny that I knew... Began to change a little bit, began to go a little bit bright lights, big city, and yeah. and, and sometimes with that comes some pressure that, and, and we all put pressure on ourselves, uh, but he certainly put on uh, so, so he certainly put on pressure on himself, and let some of this pressure get to him in the last few years. I, I firmly, firmly right. believe that. Uh, for, no, I don't right. firmly believe it. I firmly know it, and right. the guy who he was changed a little bit. And again, Brooklyn, like we see it in all forms of life and all types of sports where, again, you're somebody, 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 and all the things that who you are and what got you there. And then finally, when you get there, you're there and you're not who you used to be. Well, who I was, who I originally was, that's what got me there. And I think this, this was important. And I actually wrote it. This was important for Danny Garcia to go back and find Danny Garcia again, which I think... I think he did, and and again, granted, Brandon Rios, he he's tough. He's there. He's a competitor. I personally think he should hang it up and retire. Uh, God forbid he gets in with somebody that punches a little, even a little bit harder than Danny. He could be seriously hurt 
we all like Brandon. That was a hardcore knockout, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was. Oh, certainly it was. So that dead immediately and down like a pack of potatoes like that. Yeah. And that was lights out, short circuit, man. That was, that was hard. And, and Brandon is the type, Rio's just the type, Bam Bam's the type that, as we both know, and I can I can relate to that because if I were a professional fighter, I'd be Bam Bam Rios too. I I I'm dumb. I'll get back up. You know, come on, you're gonna have to kill me. And and regrettably, we don't ever want to see that happen to anyone. You know, let alone someone like like a Bam Bam, Bam Rios, who's a, who's a lot of the good things in the sport. He's he's a hustler. He's a go getter. He's courageous. He's all of the above. And and I I hope for his doing. I hope for his sake, the people around him, the caring people around him, say, hey, listen. You've done all that you could, you know. You know you've tasted the fruit. You've been there. Uh, now it's time to turn around and, and, and get out. Now it's time to turn around and take it easy and relax and go and possibly do something else uh, other than boxing than take punches right. and go live your life. And, and I hope there are people around Brandon Rios that could tell him to do that. And I hope he listens. Do we think he really will, though? It's a shame, but regrettably they don't, and no. and they hardly no. ever do. I mean, I, I remember having this conversation with uh, B Hop Bernard Hopkins a number of times because I simply yes, and, and and you know, and that's where my objectivity as a journalist just fell over. I mean, I I'll admit yes. that. I mean, the last thing I wanted to see is Bernard Hopkins, one of the great ambassadors to the sport. The last thing I personally wanted to see was Bernard get knocked out of that ring against Joe Smith. Right. You know, uh, hey champ, you've done. Enough. Get out yep. when you can. Get out. Take your money and run, so to speak. And, and Bernard, God bless him, be up. Still has every freaking penny he's ever made in his life. So uh, certainly, money uh, wouldn't be an issue for for Behop. And he's been. Uh, yes. And, and 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 you want someone like that. You want a Behop around to be a great ambassador to the sport, like a Bam Bam Rios, you know. And, and hopefully, Bam like, Bam so is. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I mean, it's almost useless or more than useless it's like why do we even bother doing it why do we write the columns why do we even say i think this guy should hang hang it up or you know or walk away they're going to do what they're going to do yeah, true. Like, why true. Gonna find? is it just to like why do we why do we do it like well, they're going to do what they're going to freaking do yeah this is true this is true brooklyn mike but the other side of that is that <laughs> a lot of times but a lot of times though a lot of times yes. they do listen a lot of times for example when you think they do? when well think yeah i mean I, I, th- I don't think we'll see Vladimir Klitschko again in the ring. I don't think we'll see... But how uh, much does it have to do with what any of us are writing, is, is what I'm saying. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, you mean, can... Hey, hold can... on. Let me, let me argue against myself or, or maybe make a point here. Like, who knows? Maybe if enough people are writing it and, like, the guy's wife is arguing for him to hang up and maybe the wife can use it as, like, see... See, all these people are experts and they're saying it too. So who knows? Maybe it does. I just haven't heard the instance where... Any athlete has ever said, you know what, I, I read this column by uh, Philly Joe or Brooklyn Mike, and it's convinced yeah. me to hang up the globe. You know, I just, well, then again, I mean, I don't think that any of us are ever writing that column thinking that they're going to read it and actually listen. We're yeah. maybe more so often doing it to assuage our, our own conscience to a point, right? Because we yeah. don't want to be uh, involved in something that is such a, a brute scenario. That is, right, we, we want to do this. With a conscience. Yeah. Uh, because we do see so much of stuff going on that is apparently conscience-free. So we want to be that voice of reason. I think I do. Right? Yeah. Don't you? I mean, it's, oh, certainly. it's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Certainly, uh, certainly. To be a, a conscience and, and a voice of 
quote-unquote reason. Yeah, and not that many listen to us or, or, or you know, care about what we think anyway, right? <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Yeah. Do they? Do they? Do they not? Come on. Uh, you're the president of the BWA show. The yeah. fucking BWA. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes they yeah, do. Sometimes they do. Mostly so, they don't. You're right. And and finally, we had uh, David uh, Benavides yeah. uh, with a nice victory uh, in a rematch. Um, I like him. Uh, I had a chance to to spend some time with him. Uh, about a year, year and a half ago, yeah. and David is—he's—he's um, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy uh, who's uh, who's young, and there's still some traces of immaturity there. But for the most uh-huh. part, he is—he is mature. Uh, uh, he's a come-to guy. He's got to turn around. He's got to engage. He's got to make things fun. Um, he told me a great story. I think he was what uh, 11, 12 years old, where he was 250 yeah. pounds. Uh, he was hitting McDonald's and, and anything else that, uh, you know, anything else that, that was out there. If there was food, if there were crumbs on the steps, David was going to turn around somehow, some way, find a way to them. Uh, but uh, what he's done and how he's uh, reshaped his life is, is a very inspirational story. It deserves a lot of credit. And uh, there are some fights out there for him. He is the uh, reigning WBC uh, super middle champ. Uh, and there's yeah, there's guys out there. You have uh, both the Rell brothers out there. You have James DeGaulle out there. Um, uh, you have George Groves out there. Uh, Callum Smith. Uh, there are options for him at 168 to make good fights. Uh, obviously, some of these guys uh, against Smith has to get through this this tournament. Uh, and who's to say, you know, after everything's said and done. Uh, you know, whether it be Jorgen Brammer that comes out of this event or, or Groves or Callum Smith, uh, who's to say that, um, who's to say what David Benavidez doesn't get a shot at those guys afterwards? Well, let me I mean, tell I think you this, it's Philly Joe. Yeah. I think what they're going to be aiming at, and this makes sense to me, let's see what you think about this. You know what they want? You know who they want? They want the son of a legend, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I just. You don't like it? Don't. Um, I, I pretty much had it with him. Don't <laughs> don't reel him back out again. He just, yeah. I mean, he, he proves time yeah. and time again. He just doesn't yeah. care. He's not his father. Grady's had his father's name. He showed moments where there was ability there, but he's just not his dad. And just let it go, please. Just let it go. Oh, sure. Let him okay. go off and do what he wants to do. Because certainly one of the things he doesn't want to do is fight and box. You know, he wants to live off daddy's name and, and do all that other stuff. He's, he's saying he's going through the motions and he's just trying to basically make money. And you've given him second chance and third chance. I, 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 he got a second chance from me. He got a second chance from me. He got a third, fourth, fifth, quadruple yeah. chance. You know, uh, eighth, ninth, tenth chance. He's gotten more chances than, 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 than other fighters who are far better, far more committed. Far more disciplined than him, and I just i I don't want to see I, I don't want to see him fight. I, I really have no interest in, in him fighting. Yeah. I just I just simply don't Capiche. care. All right, no, I got you. Uh, I, I think you've got a good long memory. I think I tend to feel this way, and then I forget. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like the guy passes, like, oh, Jarvis Jr. He's back again, and I forget. But I think I felt that same way as you before. So I get you, brother. I get you, Philly Joe. I hear you loud, clear. So uh, we have some things here. Let's take a look at the schedule ahead. 
Um, well, here we go. Sorong Vasai against uh, Juan yeah. Francisco Estrada coming up on HBO this weekend, and that's for Sorong Vasai's uh, WBC uh, Junior Bantam title. Uh, Donnie Nietes against uh, Juan Carlos Rebeco, and uh, Carlos Gudras against McWilliams Arroyo, which I think has a chance to be a really good fight. It's a 10-round junior bantamweight fight. Uh, I don't know it's going to be shown uh, on TV. I think it is. I think that's one of the two TV fights. But uh, Sir Rungvisai got my vote, by the way, as the 2017 uh, Fighter of the Year, even though Lomachenko won, deservedly so, for Fighter of the Year. But Sir Rungvisai, I, I liked what he did last year. Uh, obviously, he has the tremendous backstory and what he's been through. But the fact is that, okay, uh, so the first time he beats uh, Chacolito uh, Gonzalez where there was some dispute about it. The second time there was no dispute. He pretty much rolled over him. Uh, I see this as, a, as an interesting fight, a competitive fight against Juan Francisco Estrada. What are your feelings, Brooklyn Mike? Uh, my feelings are that I was going to be doing full homework on the Superfly card, and then I decided to go to um, Heather Hardy's MMA fight against Anna Ulatan at Mohegan Sun on Friday night. Uh -huh. So my whole schedule has fallen behind. Um, so let me quickly pop in about that, uh, Philly Joe. I saw Hardy beat Ulatan in a three-round flyweight fight. A uh, little bit interesting scenario in the way in the day before Billy Joe. Did you hear about this? I did not. Did you hear that, did you hear that Heather Hardy was uh, 0.25, quarter pound over, okay? Uh-huh. So generally in this situation, all right, you know what, we're going to strip down and we're going to see if what we're wearing weighs 0.25 or uh, the offending amount. Well, the fellow running the commission for the Mohegan Sun said, you know, I'm actually thinking that you shouldn't uh, attempt to uh, get underneath a towel. Uh, and also, I don't want you to try to shed the weight because I think you've already uh, done all you can to shed all the weight you can. So that was communicated. She was under the impression that, okay, we're there, we're, they're going to give me an allowance for the bikini that I'm wearing, which probably weighs 025 a quarter pound. Okay. So I'm good. I made the. I'm, I made weight. Uh, it was 125 or a pound over. I made okay. weight. Okay. That was her impression. Well, it comes back that no, in fact, uh, Team Holaton is like, no, you didn't make weight. And as a matter of fact, we want to take that pound of flesh out of you. We want you to pay us uh, a purse uh, penalty, which would amount to 20 percent. Okay. Uh, or or we're not going to go through with the fight. So. 0.25 of a pound, which is probably, again, the amount of the bikini that she was wearing. She didn't get a chance to shed the bikini because they thought, well, they're not going to have the lady do this in front of the uh, room full of drooling monkey men. Yeah. So uh, th that was the aft up shit going into this. She's just like, F it, whatever, I'm just going to take it out on this girl. I'm going to beat up this girl for this. And um, the fight wasn't a barn burner because Ulatan uh, really was sort of engaging in a lot of rest holds and would pull Heather up against the cage mm -hmm. and then not really have any offensive answer on what to do from there. Mm -hmm. So Hardy almost choked her out in one round and had some um, some good hammer fist action and uh, won, won the fight two to one or three to nothing on, on anyone's card. And so she won the fight. But 
there was a hope, Joe, that maybe this would be a springboard to getting these two into a boxing match together, right? Mm, do okay. it in MMA, do it mm. in cage, and then do it in a ring. Mm -hmm. Problem was, this fight didn't generate a tremendous amount of heat. Uh, Lulutan really wasn't bringing any sort of offensive uh, game plan or firepower to Mohegan Sun, so it didn't generate that much interest going forward, maybe so. I think maybe it's going to uh, be a maybe a one and done. But regardless, uh, Heather Hardy showed tremendous metal. This is up here in my alley. We always like these comeback mm -hmm. stories, right? Mm -hmm. She had her nose exploded in her last MMA match in October. She came back after uh, I was there for that. Healing up, and she came I, I back, was, and none the worse for wear. And yeah, I was a tremendous I, uh, role model. But my last thing I want to mention on this show was that uh, people ask me, "Hey Woods, what do you think of this MMA crowd versus your boxing crowd?" And I gotta say, I I, I, pref I so much prefer the boxing crowd. I prefer the diversity, the MMA crowd that I saw here. Anyways, I can't speak to all of them, but was so very Caucasian. Mm -hmm. There was no, there was no mixture. There was no mix. There wasn't the Hispanic and the black and the Caucasian yeah. and the young and the old yeah. that you see in boxing. It was just like sitting on your hands, kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Again, no offense. Not everything has to be like this diverse melting pot, but. Man, that's what I felt. I just, I much prefer boxing crowds. But anyway, bottom line, I'm, I'm not moving over to MMA. I'm sticking with boxing, Joe. Okay. Okay. There's, there's moments, though. I had the pleasure of covering a number of MMA fights that, uh, there is a mix. Uh, I've been to a number of UFC fights and some Bellator. Uh, there is a mix of, of, of people in the, in the crowd. Um, there was diversity when you saw there, it? there was, yeah, yeah. And I, I've been to okay. some pretty big, pretty big MMA events. And some large UFC events, um, but uh, yeah, I, it's not all just white people. Uh, no, I but no, but I would say I, I would say I would say in fairness, and in all objectivity, it's predominantly white. Yes, I will say that. Okay. Um, Heather should think about sticking with boxing. I, I don't know if I I don't know if I mean I know no, she you wants to go where the money is. Yeah, yeah. I thirty six years old, man. She made you know. You know, if she let's put it this way: if she fights in MMA uh, four times a year, she's going to do a lot better in MMA than she is in in boxing four okay. times a year. But then again, maybe that's changing, and maybe the movement they are making in the women's divisions uh, in boxing is going to is going to you know help her going forward this next year. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I she just the kid just likes to fight. You know, yeah. I, know, I think she's just like sign me up for fighting, and I should make some decent money doing this. So. Where's the decent money? That's where it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's yeah. going to do what she's going to do. She's, yeah. She's a, and I, she's a bad look. Yeah. She's a beast. And so, there you go. I hope the best for her. I hope the best for her. So, uh, and uh, I think that'll that'll wrap things up. I, I think as uh, we come down here uh, next week, uh, and obviously, uh, which I think is going to be huge coming ahead, which will, as, as, as it comes closer and closer, uh, March 3rd in Brooklyn, uh, there also is something else taking place March 3rd, which I, it, it, it's a shame, but it's gotten lost here. And that's Sergei Kovalev and Igor Mikhail... Mikhailkin, is it? Mikhailkin? I just call him Igor. Okay. <laughs> you know me not so, by now, Joe. You know what I do here. Yeah. You know yeah. me well enough. We'll just call him Igor, my friend. We'll call him Igor. And then we have uh, yeah. uh, Bivolv against Sullivan Barrera. Uh, and that's taking place, I believe, at the Garden, but that's also taking place on the same night. The theater. Yeah, it's going to be in the theater, you know. As you're getting uh, Wilder or Ortiz, and I just... Yeah. Uh, 
geez, I just don't. Um... Well, I'll be at Wilder and Ortiz, as I, I believe you probably will too. So yes, uh... because I owe you a hat. Yeah, well, we I owe you a wearing of a hat. Yes, you owe me the wearing of a hat. And, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Philly so, Joe, let me do a quick plug, my friend. Can sure. People please uh, do me a favor, and if they got some extra time, watch uh, the Facebook Fight Night live stream on Friday night. We're having fights from uh, Rhode Island, CES Boxing, which is Jimmy Birchfield, Ray Oliveira Jr. Come on, Joe, you know the name Ray Oliveira. Ray Oliveira, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. His son is now fighting my, okay. my brother, and uh, we're streaming fights. Uh, on Facebook, anyone can find it. Just get a Facebook account and go to at Woodsy1069, and uh, I'll show you where to go so you can stream it for okay. free. <laughs> okay, all right. Anything yeah. that uh, anything that's good with boxing, anything. Uh, all boats rise. All boats rise. That's I like it, to baby. Say. That's it. So. Love when all the boats rise. So, but uh, listen, uh, everything's uh, everything's good. My Saturday started covering a, a college lacrosse game. Uh, then I went to high school wrestling. I get back home. I eat dinner, and then I watch. I watch the fights on Showtime, and uh, speak a little bit to uh, my Eagles buddies. Uh, one uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, the Eagles uh, oh, nice. All Pro uh, safety, and touch base briefly with uh, the All Pro guard Brandon Brooks. Uh, they're two guys I do shows with. I've done shows with this past yeah, year, man. so uh, they're looking to come home and. Uh, they're going to be back home in Philly pretty soon. Uh, you got a city that's still aglow uh, with that Super Bowl. Really? Oh my God, yeah. Still, oh my God, still. Still, got a buzz, bro? still, oh my God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Still wow. feeling that championship. And uh, and uh, yesterday I was, uh, geez, I should have let you know. I was up there watching my oh, Flyers take on those uh, those New York Rangers, even though you're, you're you're Brooklyn, and that's more the Islanders. But uh, yeah, uh, I believe since the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, I believe the Philadelphia sports teams are a combined nine and one. They're ten and one between the Flyers and Sixers. They are ten and one. And with Since, Danny Garcia, make it eleven and one. Let's yeah, let's prop that on there, eleven and one. Why and, not? And Danny not? says I had to sacrifice my belt for the Eagles to win the uh, the uh, the Super Bowl, which I don't believe, by the way. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it was a it was a it was a Philly it was a good Philly weekend, we'll say. Uh, despite you, Ray Robinson and and, and and like 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 you were saying, Brooklyn Mike. I mean, he's he is he is one of the good guys. Uh, he yeah, is. Someone as a fan, he is someone that is very, very easy to root for. Uh, I do hope the best for him. I hope uh, he gets himself back together again. Uh, and then, as anything else, you 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 know you take those steps in the turning around and improving. And hopefully, hopefully, sometime within the next year or two, maybe he'll get a another crack uh, at it on national TV. And we'll see where things go. So, uh, anything yes, in closing, Brooklyn Mike? Uh, in closing, I just want to say, hey, listen, that Malcolm and Brandon. Uh, those guys do a show with you, and I do a show with you too. Well, that makes me feel good. I'm in good company. Yeah, there you uh, go, all pro. You, you'll energy, be the all and, and all that shit, uh, Philly Joe. All pro uh, linebacker, uh, Brooklyn Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Love, love, love at you, and love back. Thank you, brother. All righty, bye bye. Peace.